Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine and creator of drjockers.com, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. Guys, you know that chronic inflammation is at the root of every degenerative disease. Inflammation is ravaging lives all over the world, causing massive amounts of unnecessary suffering. And that's why I'm so passionate about getting to the root cause of inflammation. And so I interviewed 36 of the top doctors and experts in the world to uncover the root cause factors involved with inflammation and give you the best natural healing strategies to get well naturally. And I'm giving it away for free at chronicinflammationsummit.com. That's chronicinflammationsummit.com. And you can register and you'll immediately get access to some of the amazing uh, presentations, including Kieran Krishnan, where we talked all about leaky gut, endotoxemia, inflammation, and microbiome reconditioning. That was one of the best interviews I've ever done. So fascinating, such an amazing topic. You'll get that for free when you register at the chronicinflammationsummit.com. Again, we're giving this away for free from June 6th to June 12th. But when you register today, you'll immediately get access to some of these, some of the free content, including Kieran's talk. Um, once we get into the event, you'll also, uh, be able to listen to Dr. Nasha winners, and she is a holistic oncology expert. And she talks all about the cancer inflammation connection. I interviewed Dr. David Perlmutter. We talk about blood sugar, insulin, inflammation, and brain degeneration. Uh, Dr. Christine Schaffner. We talk all about biotoxin illness, lymphatic function, and neural inflammation. I mean, so many great presentations in here. Just go to the chronic inflammation summit.com. And you'll also get access to several of my free guides, including my new inflammation crushing smoothie guide that I know that you guys are going to love. You'll find some of the best possible smoothies that you can make um, in that. So you'll get that for free immediately when you go ahead and sign up. So again, it's chronicinflammationsummit.com, chronicinflammationsummit.com. That will register you, get you a whole bunch of free gifts, including several amazing interviews I did. And then we're going to be giving the entire event away starting June 6th to June 12th, where you'll be able to listen to four or five interviews each day. So you guys are going to love this content. Again, chronicinflammationsummit.com is the place to go. This podcast is sponsored by Metabolic Reds, the tasty probiotic enzyme and polyphenol infused energy drink without caffeine used to power your brain and body. See, I believe that most people want to live longer, live healthier, lose weight, and get more energy to get through the day. But a lot of us are just too busy, and we would love something that does all of that, but in one fast and convenient way. That's why I want to introduce you to Metabolic Reds, an anti-aging nutraceutical that you drink. You see, most energy drinks leave you dealing with the midday crash. We've all experienced that. And you know, other energy boosters have a very planty, 
kind of grass-like taste that makes them hard to stomach. And that's where Metabolic Reds comes in. It was made to pack in nine different natural blends that are scientifically proven to boost energy and focus. But it also tastes awesome. It gives the energy jolt of a coffee without the midday crash. And the best part, you won't feel like you're, feel like you're forcing down another health drink. Metabolic Reds are designed to be easy to drink. It's 100% natural, and it gives you the natural energy boost you've been missing. These nutrients help the most important cells of your body adapt, grow, and stay healthier longer. And since it's all natural, there's no midday crash like coffee or most energy drinks on the market. You guys got to try it for yourself to truly see how good this stuff tastes. Just go to GetReds, that's G-E-T-R-E-D-S, GetReds.com forward slash jockers to unlock your offer of a free metabolic greens with your purchase of metabolic reds. This is a cool offer because not only do you get the metabolic reds, but you'll also get a free metabolic greens, which actually taste good. So just go to GetReds.com forward slash jockers. You guys are going to love the metabolic reds. You'll like the metabolic greens as well. But I'm telling you, this stuff tastes great, will give you energy, will provide critical nutrients that help your body heal and function better. So try it out today. Well, hey guys, welcome back to the podcast video Q&A here. We've been doing this every month. We've gone through a lot of great topics. We've talked about Hashimoto's, thyroiditis. We've talked a lot about gallbladder and liver health, uh, psoriasis, different skin issues in previous Q&A episode. So you guys can check our archives so you can listen to those. We go through a lot of detail on those. And today, you know, we will have a lot of great topics as well. So we're going to talk a lot about menopause. We're going to talk about weight gain, weight loss, right? And kind of how to set your nutrition properly. If you're looking to lose weight, if you're looking to gain weight. So we're going to really cover that. And uh, we've got some other exciting things as well. And so Joining me is our rock star health coach, Tara, Tara Peterson. And so if you guys missed her episode, can't remember what number that was, but we talked all about GABA and anxiety. um, And uh, we really went through that and it was very, very popular. A lot of people wanted to know more about anxiety. We see that anxiety is, you know, really high in our society today. And uh, compounds like GABA, for example, a neurotransmitter plays a really critical role having good glutamate to GABA balance. So we talk about that in that podcast as well. So you can just look Tara up uh, in our podcast or YouTube archives, and you can listen to that episode as well. Really great information there. But with that said, Tara, how are you doing today? Doing great. Glad to be here. Glad to be able to answer some questions. And I imagine if you're listening and you you wanted to know more about questions about yourself, this would be a great way to to get that done. Yeah, for sure. These are a lot, you know, what's great about these Q&As is, a lot of people have questions, but they either are not able to ask, or they're a little bit timid. They don't know when to ask, where to ask, or they didn't even know they had a question, right? But as yeah. we're answering it, it really helps them. And these are questions that have come into us from YouTube, right? So if you're you know, listening on our YouTube channel, you can ask questions and we'll uh, put them into a on a sheet, right? That goes into these Q&As. Um, Instagram as well. Just follow me, Dr. David Jockers on Instagram, follow me on Facebook, and you can ask questions there as well. And most likely it'll end up into one of these Q and A's. 
So, and I know Tara, if you guys are interested in a great health coach, Tara, Tara works with people all over the world with a wide variety of health conditions. So you can just reach her at Tara at drjockers.com. Um, and I know you're working with a lot of people. You're busy right now. What are some unique things yeah. you're seeing these days? Yeah, so I'm working with um, a lot of women, a lot of thyroid um, issues, a lot of keto lifestyle that mm -hmm. um, just uh, providing accountability, but also tweaking into your daily life. So really being able to, to make that work in, in your daily life. So uh, yeah, a lot of fun. I've, I've got people all over the world right now, which is really fun just to meet. Every person has a story and um, to meet those people is it's amazing. For sure. And I always get rave reviews from a lot of your clients that will email us, email our team. And uh, a lot of times Katie or Elise or somebody will pass those over just uh, raving about how great their consult with you went. So you're doing a right. great job helping a lot of people yeah. and uh, excited to do this Q&A with you. Yeah. Yeah. So should we get started? Let's do it. All right. All right. Well, the first um, question that we have on here, as you mentioned, is from Little Voice on YouTube, and she is asking tips for her diet, exercise, and fasting to help with menopause, weight gain, and, um, and then also the mood and energy. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of times women, as they go through menopause, uh, they start to have trouble losing weight, right? And there's a number of reasons for that. Um, and you know, one major one is just really stress in general, right? Stress wears down our ability to burn fat causes some hormonal imbalances, right? Can cause higher amounts of cortisol. Uh, you can get lower levels of progesterone, cortisol and progesterone have the same backbone. It's called pregnenolone. And so when we're making pr uh, progesterone, we take DHEA, which is kind of this backbone, uh, steroid uh, compound and we bring it down a pathway. And, and the first conversion is to pregnenolone and then to progesterone, but pregnenolone can also turn into cortisol. So cortisol is our stress hormone that helps keep blood sugar elevated because, you know, if we're in a situation where we are in fight or flight, we need higher blood sugar so we can create energy very quickly without the presence of oxygen. So when we're under stress, our, we're telling our body, okay, we need blood sugar higher. We need more of this cortisol. So if we're under a lot of stress, then we can end up causing higher amounts of cortisol, lower amounts of progesterone. Progesterone really helps with fat burning, also really important for mood, really helps calm, balance the mood for, for a, a female. And so as they're going into menopause, they're already losing uh, estrogen and progesterone levels. And so if they're under stress, they can get too steep a drop in progesterone, which can cause a lot of issues with mood. Um, and also can cause issues with weight loss as well. So different things that we can do there. Um, well, certainly, you know, really dialing in the diet. So trying to get a blood sugar stabilizing diet is very good on helping balance your adrenals and helping you balance and become more resilient to stress. So we always prioritize a lot of healthy proteins, grass-fed animal products, um, healthy fats, avocados, olives, olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, different things like that, all really, really good. Uh, lots of dark green leafy vegetables. And just in general, lots of, uh, you know, vegetables, low glycemic fruit, like berries um, can all be really, really helpful and great part of the a nutrition plan. <clears throat> so that's always great. Also in implementing some intermittent fasting 
And a lot of times we'll start with like a 12 to 14 hour fast overnight. So if you finish dinner at 7 p.m., you fast till let's say 9 a.m. the next morning before you eat anything, you hydrate your body really well. And then we can actually push it out and we may do 16 hours or 18 hours um, and kind of gradually lean into that and see how your body responds to it. And then trying to consume two, either two large meals or for some people, they're not able to consume those large meals. So three meals, no snacks, but three meals, three good solid meals in that you know eight hour or 10 hour eating window um, or if we can even compress it to six hours, we can still sneak three meals in there. Um, so you get the calories that you need, but you also have a good fasting window so your body can cleanse, heal, um, regenerate. And that's always really important. And that really helps with fat burning, getting that insulin down, right? So important, um, obviously modulating stress, helping with uh, deep breathing, nasal breathing. You know, we have a great article on our website on nasal breathing and the importance of that. So many people are mouth breathers, right? And that stimulates more of a sympathetic fight or flight response. So really watching how you're breathing. There's a lot of different breathing exercises as well. We have some good articles on different, different ways of breathing to help reduce stress, help balance out your, um, your blood sugar levels, help you sleep more effectively, help calm anxiety. So there's a lot of things you can do there. Really prioritizing good sleep is so important. So getting the stress under control, moving your body, right? Good, good quality exercise, getting out, walking, running, uh, you know, doing some sprint intervals, maybe if you're able to, um, weightlifting, this is something that's often forgotten, especially as women get older, they're not doing any sort of weightlifting. And that's so important doing resistance training. You don't have to go and, you know, bench press 200 pounds. You can just go in a gym or something like that and do, um, you know, do the machines, do the Nautilus machines, that can be easy on the joints, but you want something that's that's intense, that really challenges your body. So you need something that's very challenging to stimulate your lean body mass, right? To stimulate muscle development, and that will help with fat burning and uh, creating more blood sugar and insulin balance in your body. So we really want to build muscle. You could do you know body weight exercises at home, squats, lunges, uh, push ups, things like that. Um, all really, really great. And you can modify these. If you're having trouble doing, you know, if you can't do a full push up, you do it on your knees. And the, the further you bring your knees back towards your toes, uh, the more resistance there is the more of your upper body that you're having to push up. So, um, so exercise, super critical, you know, those are some good foundation points that we want to get, you know, really focused in on. And then there's obviously a lot of other things, Tara, what's, what's on your mind? Uh, with this yeah yeah I think those are all really great really great ways to help through menopause and just support women through menopause um I was just thinking on staying super hydrated because sometimes you can um think that you're hungry when you're actually thirsty or you have these um food cravings of salt when you um can just stay hydrated and one um strategy i like to teach women with hydration is getting up in the morning and getting 32 ounces right in the morning first off uh, i think women in menopause do really well on fasting you know um younger women or leaner women sometimes can struggle through that but it seems like as you move into the menopause era that it's easier to do fasting and extended fasting and that can be um, beneficial for weight loss um, loading up on veggies and uh, it doesn't end um, when you're young it's good for everybody but especially um, during that the time of menopause to get all the trace minerals you can get um, lots of um, lettuce and greens are still great 
through this time. And then also, um, like you said, good fats. And sometimes um, you need, may need ideas on that. And that's um, coconut oil and olive oil. Avocados are one of my favorites. I like to add avocados to everything. And, and then also, I think omega-3 is important when you're older or fish oil um, for a nutritional strategy. And then like you mentioned, exercise. Exercise is great because it helps with um, weight loss. It helps with stress reduction, which is what you're talking about. And then also it helps with um, your, your bone health as you get older, which is such a, an important aspect. And so, yeah, I think um, all of these um, work together to help you feel, feel good through your menopause there. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm with you there, Tara. And, and again, going back to that idea of resistance training, a lot of women, their idea of exercise is they're going to go take a walk every day. And that's good. You know, you definitely want to do that. That's great movement. That's very stress reducing. And, you know, getting a certain amount of steps is going to help you burn a certain amount of calories. But it's not really going to help you build lean body tissue. And that's what you want is getting more of that uh, stimulus to help help improve muscle strength, tendon, your ligaments uh, and bones. Right. And so that's going to come when you're doing some sort of resistance training. That's when you're going to get the best benefit. So I would definitely incorporate that and, you know, tying that into to, to fasting. I really like it kind of at the end of the fast. So, you know, if you're doing a 16 hour fast and let's say you break your fast at 10 a.m. every morning. 9 a.m. is a great time for that exercise, doing that resistance training, and then break it right afterwards with a good quality meal. I'm also a fan, especially if you're looking to lose weight, build muscle, which you know for most of us should be our goal, um, or at least you know supporting our lean body tissue. Uh, you may not want to lose weight if you're already very lean, but to do that, one of the best things is lots of protein, right? So I recommend a minimum of one, or of basically half your body weight. So if you weigh, you know, 160 pounds, right, you want to get at least 80 grams of protein in your diet and 80 grams for some people, they, seem, they, they think, well, that seems like a lot, but there's four calories per gram of protein. So it's really only 320 calories. Most people are consuming around 2000 calories a day. So you think about that. It's not really that much. I mean, that's, um, you know, not even 20% of your calories. So I'm actually a fan of getting closer to one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Now, of course, you know, if you are 300 pounds, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that. You're really more looking at your lean body tissue, right? So if you are 300 pounds, but you're 40% body weight or body fat, I should say 40% body fat, then, you know, cut that in half and you're roughly looking at about 150 grams of protein. Right. And you can kind of obviously space that out throughout the day, you know, so three meals, so 50 grams per meal, but protein is going to rev up your metabolism a little bit more as far as, um, the actual thermal effect of breaking it down, um, which is really good. It's very, very satiating. So you'll have less carb cravings when you're doing that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously preserving your lean body tissue. So when your body's looking for more fuel because you're at a calorie deficit, then it's going to preserve your lean body tissue, your muscle and your bone, and it's going to, it's going to look, look to burn fat as your primary energy source. So getting enough protein is so critical. And then you kind of round it out with, you know, like you talked about your, your non-starchy vegetables there, your healthy fats, things like that. Um, so when it comes to your macros, I think the most important one to really focus on is your protein. And then you just avoid the real high carb 
types of foods, right? So your root vegetables, you, you minimize those. You may not avoid them altogether, but um, no more than one serving a day of your root vegetables. You, you stay off of grains and sugars, okay? And then, you know, you round out your diet. You got the protein in there. You make sure you've got some fat. You know, usually I'm recommending something like 30 grams of fat per meal, so that would get you around 90, if you're eating three meals, 90 to 100 grams in a day, which is roughly around is nine calories per gram of fat. So it's roughly around 900 to 1,000 calories of fat. So if you had 150 grams of protein, you know, that's going to be 600 calories, right? So 600 calories of protein, let's say 1,000 grams of fat, you know, you're at 1,600 calories right there. Let's say you get another 200 from um, carbs. Okay, 50 grams of carbs or so, 200, 200 grams. Uh, so you're on 1,800 calories. And then you may, you know, especially if you're exercising, maybe burning 2,000, 2,500 calories and you're preserving that lean body tissue. And now you're going to start burning through your fat, right? And that's, that's kind of the idea there. So get the protein up, look at, look at around 30 grams of fat or so per meal. And, uh, you know, you should be in a good place there. Yeah, I feel like there's so much we could we could speak into this yeah. topic, but um, how would could you feel be, about- Could be all we do, right? <laughs> I know, this is such a great topic, but um, how about tips for helping with edema and legs? Yeah, so edema, when you have edema, it means swelling in your legs. A lot of people get it kind of in their calves or leg area, right? And it can, it can have to do with, you know, oftentimes it's a kidney issue, could be a, a vein issue where you're- um, your veins are not able to kind of get the blood flow back up, like the valves are, are, are breaking down. So they've lost some of their structural integrity. And now you've got, um, you know, basically extracellular fluid kind of building up as well as blood, not blood kind of pooling and not moving as well uh, up through the circulatory system. And so again, kidneys are a really big factor with this. So I think kidneys, veins, and lymphatic system, and they all kind of work together. And so some things that you can definitely do, dry brushing is great. So just taking a, a soft bristle brush, dry brushing from your feet towards your heart, right? So up, up your legs, dry brushing is great. Um, Epsom salt baths can be really helpful, getting a little bit more magnesium in there, uh, sulfate, which comes in from the uh, Epsom salt. So that can be really, really helpful. Keeping your blood sugar stable. One of the biggest things that damages your kidneys and your, your veins is um, is basically these glycemic end products, these advanced glycemic end products. So high blood sugars like shrapnel going through your kidneys, going through your bloodstream really damages your blood vessels as well as your kidneys. So getting your blood sugar and your insulin levels under control from a nutrition perspective, uh, exercise perspective, like we talked about, um, to start the show is super important, right? So really dialing that in is, is very, very critical here. Um, some other things that can help just moving in general. So walking or, um, you know, using a vibration platform, if you have access to that can be very helpful. A lot of times people will get this if they're standing for long periods of time, just in one place. So moving around like a cashier, for example, a cashier at a grocery store, a lot of the older cashiers really start to suffer with this. So, you know, just taking breaks from time to time, just moving around, stretching your legs, things like that. Uh, making sure you've got kind of like a, a soft, uh, almost like a cushion under your feet can be helpful as well. So there's a little bit less impact coming back up. Um, that can be helpful. 
And uh, you can also get like a, a certain type of like lymphatic massage as well, where it's kind of pushing things through the lymphatic system, pushing fluid through the lymphatic system, veins, um, different areas like that. Um, all of that's really, really important. Tara, what, what else comes to your mind? Yeah, I had a lot, a lot of the same thoughts, but also um, movement is really important setting for um, long periods of time. You mentioned, um, you know, standing, but then also if you have a desk type um, job, then also yeah. that making sure you're taking breaks to stand and stretch and then also um, optimal hydration and optimal electrolytes. Um, you and for some people that can mean um, reducing um, sodium, but I would say optimal um, um, hydration and electrolytes. And then also, I, I also love um, lymphatic um, drainage support through dry brushing. Um, lots of women don't know about this. And then once they try it, they, they love it. And so this can be really beneficial. And why not have an excuse to get a massage on your legs? And so just making yeah. sure that your legs aren't um, have any open sores or wounds. And then um, of course, as we talk about on this um, show and, and echoing throughout the community is finding the root cause of, of the edema. And so is it kidney health um, that we see that a lot? Is it um, vascular support, um, you know, car, um, heart disease? And so all of these um, chronic illnesses are usually uh, edema secondary to. And so working on those first. For sure. And some of the best herbs for kidneys, things like parsley. So you can do parsley tea. Dandelion is very good for kidneys and, uh, and liver as well. So dandelion is great. Horsetail is another really good one uh, when it comes to kidney health. Um, let's see, what else am I thinking of? Burdock is another good one for lymphatics as well as kidney. So those are all really good ones. And you can find herbal teas that are kind of associated with kidneys that you can drink the herbal tea. You can take supplements. I know we've got plant-based kidney health, a great little liquid supplement on our website that a lot of people use when they have issues like this and see really good results. We also have a lymphatic complete product that's very good for helping support the lymphatic system, right? Helping move things through the lymphatics and supporting the immune system. So those would be some good supportive products, but really the, you know, the foundation is going to be getting that blood sugar stable, getting your body moving properly. I'd say almost everybody I've seen that has edema in their legs has insulin resistance. I personally, I've never, I've never seen it with somebody who didn't have insulin resistance, you know, and I've probably seen it in about 30 or 40 people that I've taken care of. Um, and they always had insulin resistance. And as we started to balance their blood sugar, uh, get them moving properly, get them on the right diet, intermittent fasting. Um, and of course, you know, we throw in, you know, some, some herbs to help support the lymphatics, things like that. They typically always get better. And so um, it's definitely something you can get better from, but you know, the foundation is really getting that blood sugar and insulin levels under control, getting your inflammation levels under control. Um, so that's super key. Yeah. 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 Those are, those are, are great. Um, let's see. Our next question here is if you eat more than two grams of protein per kilogram of body weight to gain weight, will you sacrifice cellular aging? Yeah, I love this question because I just talked about how I like at least half your body weight. So about your body weight in pounds per grams of protein and really close to a, <clears throat> your, your own lean body mass in grams per protein. So for me, 
I'm 160 pounds, or I'm sorry, I'm 170 pounds. Um, and I am, I'm about, you know, eight to 10% body fat or so. So for me, I'm roughly, you know, close to 150 pounds of lean body mass. And that's really where I try to be with, with protein is somewhere in that range on a day-to-day basis. And typically I'm actually consuming more protein than that. And the way that I'm able to buffer, because if you do consume too much protein, okay, it is possible to ramp up your mTOR pathway. So your mammalian target of rapamycin, and that's been studied. And when that is hyperactive, that mTOR pathway is a building pathway in the body. So it tells cells to replicate, it's rebuilding cells. Um, When it's hyperactive, meaning that it never has a chance to turn off, it's associated with too much cell division, cell mutation, can increase your risk of accelerated aging, cancer, degenerative conditions, you know, neurodegenerative conditions like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, things like that. So protein, the two major drivers of mTOR are going to be too much carbs, high insulin, and too much protein, right? Too many uh, branch chain amino acids in particular, like leucine, which are muscle growth amino acids. They signal muscle growth. Too much of that in our bloodstream all the time, right? And so the way that I'm able to buffer following a high protein diet, but reducing my cellular aging is through intermittent fasting. This is how you do it. So I consume a lot of protein, but I'm consuming it most days in a six hour eating window. So I usually will eat my first meal somewhere between one and 2 PM and my last meal somewhere between six and 7 PM. Right. So I'm usually done eating by 7 PM and I don't start eating till at least 1 PM the next day. And so because of that, I've got 18 hours where I'm not eating, my insulin gets low. I don't have all these circulating branch chain amino acids in my bloodstream, and I'm able to suppress that mTOR pathway. So it's not hyperactive. So the way that you make it hyperactive is the way a bodybuilder eats, right? Or like an infant, think about an infant, they're growing really fast. What do they need? They can't even go through the night without, without eating, right? So they're, they're waking up every three or four hours. They have to have another feeding. And that's because, you know, they have very small stomachs, they need constant nutrition, and then also they're growing rapidly. So they need this mTOR pathway turned on, you know, constantly. And so a a bodybuilder that's trying to put on the most amount of muscle mass will eat oftentimes, you know, 16 hours, if not more throughout the day, like the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed, you know, every two to three hours are consuming food. Some of them have even admitted that they'll wake up in the middle of the night and eat food, right? Because they don't want to go more than three or four hours without food. They, they, they feel like they're going to lose muscle mass. So they are prioritizing one thing and that is building muscle and they are sacrificing uh, healthy aging. And that's not healthy. That's a, that's an athlete doing what they need to do to compete uh, at a high level, but they are sacrificing their health, just like a football player going out and, you know, getting hit. And, and having collisions and hitting their head is not good for their health, right? They're not doing that for their health. They're doing that to compete, perform, and, and, and you know, if they're professional, make a living. Um, and so basically, you can follow a high-protein diet, but consolidate it into a tight eating window and have a nice long fasting window. I would recommend 16 to 18 hours on, on most days. I don't think you need to do it every day, although if you feel good doing that every day, it could be really beneficial for you. But doing that on a regular basis is very, very healthy. And then this is the secret key. 
if you're able to do one day a week where you do a 20 to 24 hour fast, right? No protein, no calories. You extend it out just a little bit longer than you normally do. Your body will get even, you know, even higher level of cleanup autophagy, ramp down that mTOR pathway and, um, you know, really help with your anti-aging characteristics, right? Really help break down damaged proteins. We have too much mTOR, too much insulin. We're creating a lot of damaged proteins in our, in our system. When we dial that back and we fast for a longer period of time, let's say 24 hours, we're able to clean up a lot of these damaged proteins, repair them or regenerate new proteins in the cell, create new proteins in the cell that are healthier, younger, and more stress resilient. And that's really the key. And you may also, you know, depending on your comfort level and, and where you're at and how quickly you want to heal, you may also consider a three or five day fast, especially if you are comfortable doing a 24 hour fast, if that's not a big deal, extending it out even longer, doing a three or five day water fast. Um, let's say doing it every quarter can be a really powerful way to slow down the aging process and uh, enhance your cellular healing. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. And I think the, <laughs> the key here is balance because um, you, you need adequate amounts of protein, especially if you are, if you do have a, a goal of gaining weight or gaining uh, lean muscle mass, but then also um, balancing that with fasting and balancing that with um, choosing the right kinds of, of meats as well, uh, making sure that they are organic fed or organic meats, um, grass fed. And so maybe it's um, the whole balancing act of choosing the um, quality and then um, the correct quantity based off of your goals. So if you don't have, maybe you're listening and you do not want to look like Hulk, then you need maybe around one gram of, of um, protein per kilogram. And so not that, um, you know, two grams with the, with the, um, with the goal of gaining, you know, being Hulk. So. Hey guys, I just wanted to interrupt this podcast to tell you about one of my favorite food products. I mean, if you're out there and you're looking for healthy snack options or, you know, really healthy food, sometimes it can be hard to find a gut-friendly, gluten-free snack option. And that's why you need to know about Paleo Valley. They're 100% grass-fed beef and 100% pasture-raised turkey meat sticks are not only loaded with delicious flavor, but they are completely free of carbs and sugar. Such a great bioavailable protein snack to grab on the go. I oftentimes will eat them with meals too. Like if I eat a meal and I'm still a little bit hungry, feel like I need a little bit more protein and healthy fats, I go ahead and have them. You know, they're gluten-free, they're soy-free, they're dairy-free, GMO-free, preservative-free. I mean, what's not to love about that? On top of that, they actually also have probiotics in them as well. So you're getting the protein, healthy fats, and you're getting probiotics, lots of key minerals and nutrients in there, and they taste amazing. And now you can use my coupon code, JOCKERS, just my last name, J-O-C-K-E-R-S, to get 15% off your order today. Simply go to their website, paleovalley.com, and enter JOCKERS at checkout, and you'll receive 15% off your entire purchase. The link and discount code are also available in the show notes of today's episode. 
once you try these meat sticks, you won't be able to get enough. My kids and I absolutely love them, and I know your family will too. So try them out today. Anything else to add to that? Yeah, yeah. You mentioned covered- you mentioned quality. I mean, quality is super key. You know, so um, just making sure you're keeping out toxins, right? And, and that's really the goal of the way that we teach nutrition is we want to maximize nutrients and minimize toxins while balancing our blood sugar and insulin levels. And so if you're consuming, you know, a lot of commercial commercial raised animal products, that could accelerate your aging process not because of the protein but because of the toxins, the glyphosate and the different pesticides and herbicides that are bioaccumulated in that animal food, right? That can do it. Also if you are, you know, um, char grilling it, right? To where it's got like blackened areas on the meat that right there is i mean those are are what we call heterocyclic amines you're creating something called acrylamide which can drive up more inflammation so if you ever do that we always recommend you know in general if you're if you're cooking meat at a high temperature it's always best to marinate it in like a good extra virgin olive oil maybe lemon juice or red, or like an organic red wine or apple cider vinegar or something like that so you've got antioxidants You've got like the, the t- polyphenols and extra virgin olive oil will help protect, um, you know, uh, acrylamide formation and heterocyclic amine formation on the meat. So that's key. And then, you know, you, when you're grilling, things like that, you want to do your best to avoid uh, creating a lot of these kind of blackened areas. All right. So I, I prefer like I enjoy um, grilling out outdoors and like a charcoal grill, but I don't eat that that often. Like I don't do that that often. I, I typically will do like a stainless steel pan, put a lot of butter or you know coconut oil or something like that or olive oil on the on the pan, and cook it up. And usually at like a, a medium temperature and just kind of let it cook longer, to to so that it's fully cooked. Um, but you know I make sure that it doesn't have like all these blackened areas, right? So mm-hmm. I think that's a key part of this. And uh, marinating it can be really key as well. So you're getting the right types of protein. Um, I think that's key with minimal amount of toxins. But again, protein is probably your most important uh, macronutrient. It's the one that I really emphasize and focus on. Um, you know, I used to focus a lot more on fat. Now I've realized really it's about protein. You know, protein is going to have the, the biggest effect. So yeah, somewhere between, you know, one gram per kilogram to two uh grams per kilogram, and you can tinker around and see where you feel best, where you feel most satiated. If you're noticing that you're having a lot more cravings, things like that, you may need more protein. Okay. So you can, you can play around with that. Um, and kind of tinkering that and then letting the fat, um, kind of come in all along, along with it, kind of keeping it in that 30, maybe 40 grams per meal range. You should be able to find a good zone where you're able to Uh, really burn fat effectively. And uh, again, applying the intermittent fasting strategies, uh, be able to keep your cells healing and and young and really thriving. Yeah. I've noticed that for myself. I can really feel good when I include protein with every meal and then at the right amounts. And I'm sure some people are super excited that you said, um, let's cook our meat on in butter. So yeah. Yeah, there you go. Some good fat. And we recommend yeah. grass, grass-fed butter, ideally, if you're able to access that. But butter is one of the most nutrient-dense foods. Tons of conjugated linoleic acid in it. Um, you got omega-3s if they're pasture-fed. 
you also have vitamin A, retinol, you've got vitamin E, right? You've got vitamin D in there, K2. So all your fat soluble nutrients in there, choline, which is really good for your brain, uh, as well as your, your liver gallbladder. So a lot of key nutrients in butter that uh, make it really, really helpful. But ideally we're getting pasture raised butter. Yes. Always our gear. Um, yeah. Avocado oil. Is another sure. great one. Speaking of that, I know we don't have too much longer. Let's go into those okay. questions because we got a lot of questions about eggs and okay. uh, to, to lead into those questions. I posted an article on social media with, you know, with Easter, you know, I, I like to call it resurrection Sunday. Cause that's what I focus on, not the Easter yeah. bunny, but you know, with Easter it's about eggs, right. And spring is like a new birth. Right. And so I, I put an article on the health benefits of, of eggs and there was a ton of comments and controversy on, on eggs. And so <laughs> some of the, some of the questions uh, we included in this uh, Q and a, so Tara, I'll, I'll let you take it. From yeah. There. Yeah. So this, uh, these questions, question is from Michael on Facebook or, and he says a lot of people, oh wait, yeah, a lot of people say eggs cause autoimmunity and feed viruses. Is this true? And who should or should not consume eggs? Yeah, this is a, a an important question. There is a popular author out there that has talked about how eggs like basically increase your risk of viruses. And there's just really no research on that. And there's a lot of people that really thrive eating eggs on a regular basis. And we look at eggs themselves, they're extremely nutrient dense. So the most nutrient dense foods you can put in your body. Um, a lot of the same benefits I talked about with butter, we also find in eggs, conjugated linoleic acid, which is great for your metabolism, helps you burn fat better. Great for your immune system. There's anti-carcinogenic effects or anti-cancer effects from conjugated linoleic acid. Um, you've got vitamin A. That's what actually gives the yolk like an, a yellow or orange color. In fact, when you see it, the more orange the yolk, which you'll find in like more pasture-raised eggs where they're eating more uh, grass and from soil that's really nutrient-dense, it'll become more orange. And that's more of this fat-soluble retinol which, you know, we think about carrots, we get, you know, beta carotene, but beta carotene is not true vitamin A. Uh, true vitamin A is something called retinol. And that we concentrate in our eyes, for example, the retina. Okay. Also great for the brain, great for the immune system and the gut. So we get tons of that in the egg yolk, vitamin D, vitamin K2, choline again, uh, so important for brain health, phosphodiesel choline, phosphatidylserine in there as well. Really great for the brain and all the cell membranes in our cells. I mean, eggs, it's also got a complete protein. From a nutrition perspective, eggs are actually, with the yolk, the perfect food. However, here's a caveat. There's a lot of people out there that have immune reactivity to eggs, meaning that when they eat eggs, their immune system gets activated and uh starts to attack its own tissue, it increases inflammation. And that's because their immune system is uh, imbalanced and it is dysfunctional, right? And this is because they have leaky gut. So when we have leaky gut, large food particles will seep through the gut, get into the bloodstream, drive up inflammation in the body. So if you have leaky gut, you have a higher risk. No, not everybody. Some people leaky gut do great with eggs, but you have a higher risk of having issues with eggs and typically you're not producing enough stomach acid, enough bile, right, to break it down. And that's kind of part of the foundation of how somebody gets leaky gut is they have a lot of stress. They're not producing enough 
digestive juices to really uh, metabolize the food that's coming in. They end up with bacterial infections in, in their gut or parasitic infections because stomach acid and bile are part of the defense against these sort of infections. And then it just drives up inflammation in the gut and uh, they're continually hampered in their ability to actually break down food. They get more, more damage to the gut, gut lining gets opened up. And now large food particles that are not digested well are ending up in the bloodstream and eggs tend to trigger an immune reaction, partly because there's protein in eggs called albumin that's also in our blood. Um, and so sometimes there's kind of like a mistaking process or a molecular mimicry process that takes place. There's other theories as well. A lot of vaccines, for example, have egg albumin in them and vaccines. The whole goal of the vaccine is to create an inflammatory process, right? And so sometimes the immune system may target, you know, that egg albumin as, you know, part of this, this um, antigen, right? That was in this vector, this viral vector that was in the um, vaccine, right? Um, that happened to be encased in this egg albumin. And so that's one of the theories as well. Um, so there's different, different ideas, but we know leaky guts involved. So again, to summarize that, because I know I went through a lot, eggs are an amazing, powerful food. However, if your immune system's reacting poorly to them, your, your body, they're not going to be good for you. And that's where like the statement that one man's superfood may be another man's poison, right? And so we always have to realize that it's part of the bioidentical uh, nutrition process, you know, just really understanding the unique elements of each individual. Absolutely. I work with a, a lot of people, and particularly women who have autoimmune diseases, and a lot of them, eggs can be one of the ones that trigger some food sensitivities. And so for them, a lot of times having a test, um, and we offer some testing for food sensitivities can be so empowering because then they can know which foods they are able to eat with and not cause any damage to their body and, and to not have those um, negative reactions of, of bloating or gas or even like burning feet. And so, but yeah, eggs have uh, great benefits as well. I mean, you mentioned choline and um, that's that's another great source that you, you can't get in a lot of other foods and, and great for, for brain health. And we also um, are, are doing genetic testing and that has, um, great information on your nutritional needs and how well you process um, choline, salt, and some other um, nutrition. So yeah, so I would say as a, as a wrap up that the eggs are great, but that if you do have some food sensitivities, then uh, maybe consider some testing or, or working to figure out journaling, um, maybe pulse testing to see what, what those are for you. Yeah, that's great. And typically when people do have autoimmunity, Usually we'll put them on an elimination diet to begin with. I know Tara, when you're working with people, you do that. And, and oftentimes we'll take eggs out, you know, at least for the first month or so, um, because they are a common reactive food that people have immune reactive food. Um, and so we want to get their body healing. So we take that out and then gradually add, add that back in. But again, you can self-monitor for that. Just like Tara said, there's pulse testing. There's a lot of different ideas. We have those on our website. If you look up food sensitivities, uh, food sensitivity testing. We have a lot of different options uh, between at-home biofeedback tests as well as lab tests. Yeah, yeah. So do you have any thoughts on the best way to cook eggs? Because Michael also yeah. wants to know, okay, we know they're good for us. How should we cook them? Yeah, best way to cook them. 
Um, you want to keep that yolk as intact as possible. So in the egg white, you have biotin inhibitor. In the egg yolk, you have biotin. So people used to eat egg whites because they were afraid of you know cholesterol uh, in the egg yolk. We know that's not an issue at all. The egg yolk is where the nutrients are, but there's an, an enzyme biotin inhibitor that is in the egg white. So when you cook it, you actually cook it out. And um, so I am a huge fan of poached eggs, like soft boiled style eggs, where you kind of have a runny yolk or sunny side up. That's how I like to do my eggs. Typically just sunny side up, cook them in butter, um, you know, tallow, beef tallow, you know, something like that, that I have around and uh, eat them sunny side up with that yolk slightly running, slightly runny. I get the most nutrient density that way with the least amount of, um, you know, uh, anti-nutrients that are, that's in it as well. And it yeah. tastes great, right? T- tastes better than eating raw egg. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I love this. So eggs got such a bad name. They were, they were sort of evil for a while of cholesterol. So we've cleared that up. They are good for us. And there's so many ways you can cook eggs. So maybe it, it just not from a nutritional standpoint, but from a taste standpoint, you can cook them any time of day. I feel like, you know, they're good for dinner they're good in omelets and there's, there's lots of ways to eat them on like a ketogenic diet, um, and other, um, anti-inflammatory diets that are, they're great to fit into your nutrition strategies. Yeah. Great. Great. Do we have any other questions with eggs? I thought there was like a few. Uh, there is a question on what is the best type of eggs to get cage-free, omega-free, organic. Yeah. This is important too. I'm glad we're, we're doing like a deep dive on eggs here. Yeah. Um, so basically the best one to get is going to be pasture raised. Okay. Ideally pasture raised. And if you get pasture raised organic, that's even better. What that means is that the farm was certified USDA certified organic. Okay. Which is expensive to get done, but at least, you know, okay, they're not using any of these chemicals, you know, toxic fertilizers, different things like that. Pasture raised basically means that the uh, birds have access to free pasture. And so if they're on grass, if bird, if the chickens are on grass, they're going to eat some of that. They're going to eat weeds. They're going to eat worms. You know, they're going to eat things like that, which is kind of their native diet. If you just get organic or just cage free, they're typically feeding them grains. Now organic means that, you know, there's at least the grains are organic, whatever they're feeding them, corn, soy, you know, different things like that, at least it's organic. So you don't have the glyphosate and different chemicals on it. So they're, they're lower toxin. However, they may not be as nutrient dense as a pasture raised. Okay. Cage free really doesn't mean much other than, cause they can still be in like, you know, just a commercial farm, just not in, not stuck in a cage. Right. It's a little bit less, maybe a little less cruel. I mean, you don't even know the environment, uh, fully. Um, and so there's, you know, I don't know that there's a big difference between cage free and, um, and just your regular commercial eggs depends on the farm, right? It depends on the farm you're getting in, what, what cage-free means to them. However, there is a difference between organic and cage-free, and there's a difference between pasture-raised. And so ideally looking for the pasture-raised, pasture-raised organic is even better because you know for sure, you know, that they're not using chemicals, things like that. So that would be kind of like the gold standard. That's what I try to look for. I know uh, there's there's Vital Farms, which has really good eggs that are in a lot of grocery stores. They also have really good grass-fed butter 
Vital Farms. That's a great brand. There's also a new one that we started getting that I feel like the yolk is just so much darker orange. It's called Happy Hen. Happy Hen pasture-raised eggs. If you're following me on like Instagram, a lot of times I'll um, take pictures of the food that I'm getting, you know, when I'm grocery shopping or, you know, if I'm making, we'll do videos where I'm making eggs with my kids or something like that. And I'll show you what brand I'm using. And lately it's been Happy Hen because the yolk is just so orange. So it's so rich in retinol and uh, different nutrients in there. So, and that's pasture raised. So that's really the, the, the best approach there. Um, there's also like omega-3 eggs, you know, which I don't recommend because typically what they're doing is they're feeding them flaxseed, but usually it's like really flaxseed that's more rancid. And so they're saying, oh, okay, we can sell this for more if we give them some flaxseed in their grain, you know, meal that they're consuming, because that's going to increase the amount of omega-3s. But that number one, that's not necessarily true. Number two is you don't know the quality of that flaxseed. Um, so it could actually be causing more oxidative stress in that animal. So I don't recommend the omega-3. I think this is all marketing gimmicks, cage-free, yeah. not necessarily, but definitely difference between the pasture-raised and the organic. So if you Absolutely. can't find pasture-raised, look for organic. Absolutely. We, we are fortunate. We have a, a farmer that we, you know, just go and get eggs from. Right. And so they are bright orange. And if you've ever cracked to like maybe just some conventional white eggs next to these, I mean, you can, it's like, they're so pale in difference. And so, and the taste is um, a lot better as well. And so it, we feel good in our family, just knowing that those chickens were taken care of the way they were supposed to, and they were fed things that we would want to eat and not a lot of corn or, um, you know, omega-6 heavy in, in the feed that they feed animals. So that's the most important thing to yeah, consider. Yeah, that is the most important thing. And you brought up white eggs. And so that's a common question too, just as a, a final follow-up. A lot of people ask, what's healthier, white egg or brown egg? And actually, neither one just based off the right. color. Um, people used to think it was the brown, but it's actually just a different breed of chicken. Again, it goes back to what is a chicken eating? If the chicken, if the chicken that's laying the white egg is eating pasture and worms and stuff like that, and the brown is eating, you know, conventional corn and soy, then the white egg is a lot healthier. So it's really about right. what the animal's eating, not off the color of the shell. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cool, well, Tara. Yeah. I think that's, I think that should wrap us up for today. That was a lot of I good think questions. So, yeah. I love, I love that we were able to talk about eggs during springtime and this is, it's been really great. Yeah. I, we needed to, we needed to get on that because a lot of people were asking questions about eggs and you know, the reality is that eggs again are great food, but if you're having immune reactivity, then, you know, you want to avoid them. And so hopefully you guys got a lot out of this Q and a, if you were looking for an amazing health coach, definitely check Tara out. Um, you can find her coaching page on our website. If you just look up uh, under the coaching tab, you can also email her directly at Tara, T-A-R-A at drjockers.com. If you have questions or you're interested in coaching, she'd be happy to help. And Tara, what's kind of some of the clients, what are, uh, you know, what, what kind of clients do you really enjoy working with? Oh, I love clients who are ready to change. They're ready yeah. to um to meet with me and to tell me their story and then that we can just dive into how to 
meet the goals that they have. And so um, I, I meet with a lot of uh, different types of people. I love that, that we get to um, meet so many people. And so, yeah, the person who's ready to change. That's right. So if your mindset is ready, you're ready for lifestyle change, ready to do whatever it takes to get healthy and well, Tara is a wonderful health coach that will really uh, take you by the hand and walk you through the process of it. So check her out again, Tara at drjockers.com. Again, guys, if you have other questions, you know, go on to this YouTube uh, video and ask them under the video, the Q&A videos. I go back to those whenever we're looking for questions for the future Q&As. So do that. You can also uh, post questions on, you know, different posts on Instagram, on Facebook, and we're looking for those, putting them all in a, in a chart and going through those with these Q&As. So thanks so much for your participation. Thank you for being a part of our community. We'll see you guys in a future show. Be blessed, everybody. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.